When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello Rams fans and welcome to Steve Bloomer's Washing, your independent Derby County fans podcast. I am Richard Kutcher back on the pod and we've got something a bit different lined up for you this week. On the day after Derby earned a point in a nil-nil draw on the road at Lincoln City, I am joined by representatives from three of our direct promotion rivals. We hosted one of these League One roundtables on the 1st of August to preview the Rams' second League One season, which also featured Barnsley and Reading fans. But it's fair to say most people have the top two likely between just four teams. So I'm delighted to say returning back onto SBW is James Jarvis from the Lion of Vienna Suite, Bolton Wanderers podcast. James, welcome back onto Steve Bloomer's Washing. Uh, pleasure to be back, Richard. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, good to have you back. Can't wait to get stuck into it again with you, James. Uh, and we have Jake Smith too, returning Pompey fan and radio presenter on Portsmouth's Express FM. Thank you for returning, Jake. Yeah, no problem. It's, uh, it's great to be back and I look forward to getting stuck into it. And a new uh, debut on Steve Bloomer's watching. Hopefully neither of us are on the League One Roundtable next season. Uh, Dan Weldon from the Yellow Block Peterborough United podcast. Dan, are you uh, kind of delighted to be on the pod in January because the posh are in such blistering promotion form? Or are you more offended that you didn't make the cut uh, of the invite back in August? No, I think it's a, a very fair omission, to be honest. In, in August, we... As a, as a fan base, didn't really think we were going to do very well. So, uh, yeah, happy happy to be here in jam. So, all three of you were in action on Saturday. Wins for Portsmouth away at Fleetwood and for Posh, who came, came from behind at home to Shrewsbury Town, while Bolton went down 1-0 at Leighton Orient. We'll get into the state of the broader League One promotion picture uh, in a bit, but let's just first hear our, our guest analysis on those latest games. James... What went wrong then for you uh, down at Leighton Orient? Well, to sum it up, it was probably up there with our worst performance of the season, literally just right behind um, our embarrassing display against Wigan. We were absolutely dreadful, which is even more discouraging after uh, 
quite frankly, superb performance despite the result against Luton Town in the FA Cup replay. So to see us just go and be so tragic was was really disheartening. But you want to know what the really annoying thing about that about this result is? Is that not only did we gift them their goal, they had some chances, but they didn't really look too much like scoring otherwise. But we missed two sitters. Dion Charles, who obviously you'd expect with his 13 goals to have put the chances away that he had, a free header at the back post and going one-on-one with the goalkeeper, and he completely fluffs both of them. It could have been 2-1, even despite how tragic we were. So, I mean, Leighton already are on a good run, though, right? They've had a couple of good results recently, but you think it was more Bolton's uh, ineptitudes on the day than it was Leighton Orient uh, kind of blowing you away? Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to take anything away from Leighton Orient. They were definitely the better team on the day, but it's just that we overall had the two better chances and we totally wasted them. So there's not really much you can do about that. And um, yeah, congrats to Leighton Orient. I saw that it's like five wins, three clean sheets in a row or something like that. And mm. um, we're, we're, we're used so far to a season, Bolton having a clean sheet and winning run. So um, I, know, I know how good it feels. Yeah, we we got away. I think we got down there and got a win just a couple of weeks before they hit their their kind of purple patch. So maybe maybe it's just good timing. I, I, but, ironically, um, their purple patch started after we beat them at high ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, a tit for tat then. I mean, Jake uh, Portsmouth did manage uh, to get a win on the road, mm. beating bottom of the league uh, Fleetwood Town one nil. Was it a convincing routine win or an ugly job done? But relieved to be back to winning ways after back to back defeats. Um, I'd probably say. It was probably a fine balance in between the two of them, really. Um, a mm-hmm. 1-0 scoreline doesn't look flattering. It doesn't look comfortable. Certainly haven't taken the lead after 25 minutes and to go the sort of the next 65 minutes plus added time having to hold on to that. And there were spells in the game where Fleetwood looked a little bit dangerous going forward. But in all honesty, you, you can see why they're rock bottom. You can see why they've got 18 points and why they've gone the last 11 matches without a win and they can't find the back of the net. So, yeah, it, it's great to be back to winning ways. Um, can't hide that after one win in six. Um, I know exactly how it feels to lose to Leighton Orient. And so don't worry too much if you're a Bolton fan. They're on a good yeah. run of form. Um, they beat us 3-0 at our place. And I, I don't think we could have had a worse performance than that. So I can certainly get on board with that. But yeah, look, the result was the only thing that mattered um, at Fleetwood at the weekend. The performance, yeah, it was decent. Um, we need to start putting the ball into the back of the net a little bit more. Colby Bishop's only got one goal in his last 13 appearances from open play. Um, that's a little bit of a concern. So really, between now and the end of January, I believe Pompey need to strengthen um, with their 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 attacking players um, to ensure that they get over the line and and hopefully get it automatic promotion at the end of the season because we're a good team and and I I, I do think that getting back to winning ways is fortunate to play Fleetwood at such a time and, and you know that they're on um, with their rut. Um, so very fortunate to play them at this time. But yeah, ultimately getting that winning feeling is, is the most important thing. We go to Port Vale next weekend with that bit of confidence behind us. Dan, I think it's fair to say that most Derby fans feel that Peterborough were the best sides in the league when they visited uh, Pride Park. And certainly it was the best performance we've seen at, at Pride Park, including any performances from Derby, um, I might add. Um, and probably the best team in the league right now. I was obviously pleased to see you go behind yesterday, but never really confident it would stay that way because of the form you're in. So I'd expected you turned it around early in the second half. Was uh, 
was the result never in doubt? Were you kind of dominant the way, all the way through? I think we were dominant. You know, we, we looked the better side from from minute one, uh, but but Shrewsbury played the game the right way. To be honest, they they played it as if um, they were they were worried about us scoring and they wanted to put every man behind the ball, and, and that's what they did. And it took us a long time to break them down. Obviously, their goal was you know a bit of brilliance poor defending on our part that um you know you hit the ball from 30 yards and it goes in like that you can't really grumble can you um but you know I, I think all in all we were we were good value for our for our win and it just goes to show that the team's playing some some really good football and you know we're playing like we should be playing which is we've got nothing to lose you know we've got a really really young squad and uh, and we're taking it to every team that we play yeah, he certainly took it to Derby uh, for ninety minutes at Pride Park, and we'll come on. We'll come on to that young squad a bit later. I mean, as far as Derby were concerned yesterday, without without playing poorly, I think we got away with a point yesterday. We were, we were in control for large parts, specifically the first half, but without really creating many, if any, clear cut chances. Um, whereas whereas uh, Lincoln had several really good opportunities, including at least two, maybe three, if I remember correctly, one on ones. And other chances for uh, Pacey and impressive Joe Taylor, who joined them just earlier this month on loan from Luton. And I'd certainly, when you guys come to play them, Lincoln next, I'd certainly be watching him closely if you've got games against them coming up. So for Derby, I think one of those games where the lack of our kind of creativity or, or real plan B in the final third cost us, and maybe more on that later. But the state of play at time of recording, uh, then at the top of the table, is it's, you know, it's, it's extremely close. Uh, Portsmouth first, uh, played 28, 56 points. Um, Peterborough second, 27 played, 55 points. Derby third, 27 played, 53 points. Bolton fourth, 25 played, 51 points. And at Derby, at least, Paul Warren is always talking about targeting that kind of magic two points per game average. And at the moment, all four teams are on track for that. Pompey bang on two points per game. Peterborough 2.03 points per game. Bolton 2.04 points per game. And Derby just under at 1.96 points per game. So it really is uh, way for thin really, between the teams. Jake, Pompey very much the early pace setters in the league. You remain top of the league, but have been kind of reeled in over the past couple of months. What was it that typified that early season form and what is it that has kind of changed or or slipped to kind of lead to this different results? Obviously, the 3-0 defeat to Leighton Orient last week and the loss away to Cheltenham stand out as particularly kind of eye-water, um, kind of uh, standout results. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... The, the start of a season form is genuinely very, very hard to determine how that happens other than, you know, just looking at the squad, looking at how they interact both on and off the pitch behind the scenes for a very tight-knit unit. And, you know, you might not look at the Pompey players and think, you know, yeah, they're the best players in the league. Um compared to certain other players in, in their respective you know, positions. But they, they work together really, really well as a squad. But you, you got to the kind of November period, you could see that, maybe they'd been um, victims of fatigue. You got that one defeat to Blackpool at Fratton Park, which ended our 27 league game unbeaten run, a new club record. Um, so yeah, I think after that, and look, everyone's in the same boat. We've all played the same amount of games, pretty much there or thereabouts. Pompey played 28, Peterborough Derby, 27, Bolton 25. But, you know, even if you haven't played as many games as us, you, you've been in cup competitions for further, for, for sort of further stages. So there's no excuse. Um, however, I do think that over the Christmas New Year period, the game 
games at Bristol Rovers on Boxing Day, extra a few days later. Um, you know, Stevenage at home, the anomaly on New Year's Day. We won that one, but you could see that maybe the strength and depth is not quite as good as maybe we first thought at the start of a campaign. John Massinio was playing, um, you know, relatively say a similar starting eleven week in week out. Um, you could see what our strongest lineup was, and you know, you get the odd cameos from players throughout that would come on and have a bit of a bright spark, but never really with the intention of replacing any of those dead certs from a starting eleven. Gavin White, Anthony Scully, big signings at the start of a campaign. Gavin White really hasn't impressed many people, if, if any at all, if we're being brutally honest. Anthony Scully went through an injury concern, and that's another thing. We've had a few injuries. Marlon Pack was out for six or seven weeks. Mm-hmm. We've only just got Conor O'Callaghan back. Uh, Zach Swanson's got to have another groin injury. We've only just got Tom Lowry back. He's been out since midway through last season. And, of course, we missed Colby Bishop for a number of weeks as well. Again, these aren't excuses because every team has their injuries. But from the perspective of watching as a Pompey fan and sort of following the team up and down the country. I think you can see that some, you know, some additions, as you mentioned earlier, we'll talk about it later on in the show, but some additions are certainly required in the transfer window to ensure that we've got a, a squad uh, strong enough to, you know, get us over the line rather than just a starting eleven. Yeah, it really is that squad game in, in the League One season. It is a real cruel, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're certainly, I mean, I think Derby's squad, we probably would say is deeper than, than Pompey's. Um, but, you know, even, you know, we kind of feel like there's definitely areas we need to improve and, and yeah, obviously injuries by hard in certain areas. James Collins for us has just literally been a hero and not everyone loves him in the way that he plays, but in the sense that he turns up every single, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, 90 minutes and puts a shift in and he gets his fair share of goals has saved us because Washington's been anonymous, Waghorn has you know, being anonymous in the sense that he hasn't been around much. Um, and we're, we're kind of crying out for that for that extra striker. Now, James, uh, you were very bullish in August, I think it's fair to say. Uh, the most confident of all of us in our pre-season predictions. I think, I'm not sure if you said kind of, you know, uh, Operation Pistoli quite in those words, but you fe- it sounded like that's what you were thinking. And to be fair, you've largely been proven right, right? Like Bolton have been very consistent, just edging to the highest points per game of all of us and only really slipping out of the top two on account of obviously playing a few games fewer than the rest of us. Uh, Obviously, back-to-back defeats to Pompey and Bristol Rovers in December obviously didn't help. So how much of a concern is it, James, having those kind of additional games to make up in the second half? Or do you simply see it as a a golden opportunity to to kind of make up ground and then then get ahead ahead of the rest of the pack? Well, I'm kind of torn in between two minds because if I'm being honest, um, some of the games that we've lost um, were mainly just due to us not turning up. It's it's rare that we've, even at games where we've not played the best, we've usually come out with the results. So seeing us lose as many games as we have so far, which I believe is same amount as like Derby or something like that, six or something like that. It it does give us something to look forward to, but then again, those games in hand are all away to Cambridge, Wigan and Barnsley, which two of those especially stand out because Wigan always tried their best against us. And obviously, I know their home form's not always been consistent, but but, but Barnsley away is not a, still not a fun place to go to, especially considering the form that they're in right now. So... It, I'm honestly surprised you didn't bring someone from Barnsley on this. I think they could easily have a chance of slipping in there on their current form, but that. But I digress. 
our biggest problem right now is that we have the depth somewhat in midfield. Uh, we'll get into the transfer talk uh, when we probably later on in the show. But a little bit of a spoiler right now is that we really need a centre-back at the moment. We've got Geffen-Jones out um, at the uh, AFC Asian Cup. And because Australia have advanced, the latest he'll probably be back is about mid-February. So that so if you count all the games that are, that's seven more games he could possibly miss, which is not ideal when you've only got three centre-backs and you play a back three at the moment. That's losing Will Forrester... Um, from from the last game uh, against Luton, has really limited our options. So we so we could we really need a centre back into very least short term help us get over the line. Especially if um, if we advance against Blackpool in the EFL Trophy, which we play on the thirtieth. Um, if we advance in that round, we could literally be playing Saturday, Tuesday, all the way up to the middle of March. So we really need those reinforcements to come back. It, it's it's not that we're lacking them in certain areas, but that one particular area, I don't back the current three centre backs we have to stay for it throughout that entire period. So, yeah, in some ways it's to look forward to because uh, it feels like our current position of fourth is a is a little bit of a misnomer. But at the same time, you still have to win those games, and if we're going to be fatigued with the amount of games that we have to play in by then, it's it's not a fun prospect to look forward to. Yeah, interesting. It's interesting you've got your own situation with the Asia Asia Cup and Australian player because Derby have got we've got Ryan Lambe, uh, our right back who came in right at the end of the uh, right uh, kind of right at the end of August or even maybe early September as a free agent and and he's been fantastic for us at right back and he's Namibian and he's gone off to Afcon with Namibia and they're playing right now against South Africa in fact and they won they they upset Tunisia in the first game and which means they're probably going to go through and my fiance is Namibian and part of me is very excited for Namibia and part of me just wants him to get home to Derby because uh, we, def- we definitely miss him at right back. So uh, interesting one. Um, Dan, similar to Derby, Peterborough started uh, kind of more slowly than, than these two. And there's obviously been quite a bit of speculation about Posh off the pitch over the past 12 months. You, you told us just before we started that you are skint. Um, has this mid-season form come as a surprise to you and your fan base? Or, or did you always have confidence that that Darren Ferguson knew what he's doing and, and, and maybe it would turn once this kind of young team is knitted together? I, th- I think the majority of the fan base are quite shocked to, to see us where we are now. You know, start of the season off the back of, of that second Sheffield Wednesday game where, you know, we completely collapsed. Um, we thought we were done for, you know. Um, I mean, especially I did. I, I thought we were going to lose the majority of our, our best players and we somehow managed to scrape through the window of only losing one. Um, you know, we, we, we've we've got one of the youngest squads in the league, if not the youngest. I think we're, we're out by point one of a year um, to, to someone like Reading. And, and yet we look incredible in, in pretty much all of the games that we've played so far, you know. So I, I think to to say that we're shocked is is an understatement, to be honest. I, I predicted on our own pod at the start of the season that I thought we'd finish 17th, maybe even 16th. Um, a few of the guys said playoffs, but, you know, probably just miss out. And, you know, we're sitting here just past the, the halfway point and we're second and we're looking in incredible form. So... I, there's going to be fans among the fan base that, that said, "Oh, I knew it from day one." You know, Darren's going to do it for us. But if, if you look at it on paper from a from a pessimistic point of view, 
this is Darren Ferguson's 19th spell for Peterborough. You know, he's, he's coming and going <laughs> left, right and centre and he always seems to pull something out of the bag, doesn't he? So let, let's hope this is another year for, for Posh and we go back up. Yeah, I was wondering earlier, I was actually thinking, what, I've got a question for you all later about your weaknesses and like, what might be the reason you do miss out. And I thought I'd just turn that, well, one area I thought you could turn that round just before we go to the break is, well, as far as I know, um, the, the coaches managing Derby and Peterborough, obviously Paul Warren at Derby and Darren Ferguson at Peterborough, both obviously experience of multiple promotions. What has Pete, has, has has Darren Ferguson got you promoted twice, Dan, from from League One? I, I think it's three times. It's, 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 this is the thing with Darren; he always seems to to get us to the championship and then all of a sudden forgets how to manage. And it's really frustrating because in League One he's fantastic, and then in League in in you know in the Championship he just sort of yeah dips off. It's, it's strange, and it's not just for us. So let's take a break. But in the second half, we will discuss the January transfer window, reasons why our guests think they might not make the top two, and final season predictions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Nathaniel Mendes-Lang and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washington. Nice in-swinger. Up goes Robinson, doesn't clearly get the header. Leicester to get it out. Power returns it. It's dropping. It's in! It's in! I think it might have gone straight in. Oh, wretched defending by Leicester. And Flowers very much at fault. I think it might be Daryl Powell all the way. He just lofted it in back post and Flowers made a hogs of it. Together with about three defenders. It just dropped under the bar. What an embarrassing goal for Leicester City. It's Daryl Powell's first of the season and it might be one of the important goals. Daryl Powell, the scorer. So we are in January, of course, which means a few things. Lots of in the no nonsense on social media, speculation and desperation. And I think fair to say most Derby fans feel we really do need some reinforcements, particularly in the final third, both in the form of a striker and additional wide player. At the time of recording, Derby's window has been pretty restricted to the extension of Tyrus John Jewell's loan from Arsenal until the end of the season and very welcome contract extensions for Iren Cashin and Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. 
It does seem as though Derby are on the verge of signing 26-year-old Charlton winger Corey Blackett-Taylor, who we believe was at Moore Farm for a medical on Friday, but that has yet to be announced and every hour it isn't announced makes me a little bit more nervous uh, that something else has gone on or gone wrong. But for me, if we do secure uh, Blackett-Taylor, that would be a really positive signing and, and could make a real difference in the running. And if we could add a striker, uh, Michael Smith at Sheffield Wednesday continues to be linked, which makes sense with Paul Warren's track record with him. And that also, to me, would feel like a good addition. And then icing on the cake would be uh, extending Max Bird's contract to make sure we get a fee from at least uh, in the summer if we don't go up. Um, Dan, then, uh, let's talk about the situation at, at London Road, because obviously, uh, as we mentioned earlier, you said you're skint and it kind of feels like a bit of a turbulent time off the pitch. Are you in a position to make any signs or are you simply focused on keeping hold of what you've got and keeping that kind of young group together? You say I say we're skint. I, 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 obviously, I don't have sight of the, the club coffers. You know, I, I don't know what, what Dara's mm. hiding back there, but... Um, I, I think it's abundantly clear that we're not in the market to be doing any business. You know, Kyoso was uh, recalled back to uh, to Rotherham from his loan spell at the start of the window, and we've not really made moves to to replace him. We've got a backup keeper in uh, for for Jed Steer. He'll likely be our number two now. Um, when once uh, Bill Kapic is back from his injury, I think in the middle of March. Um, but I, I really don't see us doing any business. And in fact, if anything, I see us losing players. Um, you know, Ronnie Edwards is getting touts from uh, from Premier League clubs left, right, and centre. You've got uh, Johnson Clark Harris, you know, two time Golden Boot winner for for Peterborough in League One, and he can't even get on the bench some games um, just because you know it, it's just not working out for him. I don't think he's he's having the best of time with the management team, and I think he wants out. And who could blame him? Uh, he, he's just rejected a, a contract at Charlton, though. But I, I can see him going. Um, I think Rotherham was sniffing around as well. You know, so I would be very surprised if you see Peterborough sign anyone other than maybe alone here and there uh, in this in this window. And you know, it's just sort of testament to us waiting for that Tony deal to come through because I think we've got a, a small finger in the pie. Interesting. I mean, on the Johnson Clark Harris thing, obviously from afar it seems bizarre, right? Because he's proven League One striker. Uh, you know, should be could be guaranteed twenty goals a season if he's playing week in week out. Is it just purely a, a relationship thing between him and Darren Ferguson, or? Is it easy for you as fans to kind of be not too worried about it? Because Darren McCansey has generally got a good record, right, in terms of winning and dealing, moving players on if they're getting too old or whatever. And, and obviously the team is performing so well. So kind of what what is the kind of the fan base view on it? Is it easy just to, you know, think, you know, don't really care because we're flying? Or is, does it still feel a bit odd? I think it feels a bit odd. I, I, th- I think, to be honest, it just doesn't fit the system that we're running this season. And I don't think that's anything against him, nor should it be treated as such. I just think, you know, we want to move away from the the target man up top and let him turn and, and hit one. You know, we want to play it around the box and we'll play some fancy football. And, you know, it, it just happens to be that he's not that type of player. He's a fantastic footballer, especially at this level. He's proved it time and time again. Football's a cruel game sometimes. And, you know, he had a great season for his last season with his last kick of of the playoffs excluded because that clearance was terrible and cost us. But I think Johnson Clark Harris is fantastic. And I think any team in the division would be very lucky to have him. You know, he wanted away in, um, in the summer window. He had a, a deal fall through at the last minute to go back to, uh, to Bristol Rovers. 
uh, for about 500k. He, he's had the same deal on the table for Charlton in this window and he's rejected them because his contract's up in the, in the summer. And at this point, I think he just wants to to take his chances in free agency. I think Wrexham have been sniffing as well, but I don't think they're in a position to be to be signing players with the squad depth they've got already. So, look, who knows what the window brings and, you know, if we can get rid of him, then it's probably a positive for us because it's a big wage off the bill and it's a bit of, of cash in the coffers that we can maybe spend elsewhere. Yeah, one, one to watch out for, obviously. I think I'd certainly, you know, I, I wouldn't mind having him at Derby. Again, I don't think he'd fit in terms of paying the paying the fee and paying the wages, we're obviously having to keep things pretty tight still, you know, post-administration. I just hope he wouldn't end up at a, a different promotion rival like a Barnsley or one of these two um, because, um, yeah, as you say, he's definitely dangerous. He's he's definitely got plenty of goals left in him uh, in the rest of the season if, if he gets a run of games. Um, James, you mentioned, obviously, uh, the centre-back problems that, that Bolton have got, and that's obviously an area of priority is there any is there any other particular areas you'd like the team to improve on or i know that we mentioned we discussed in in august about dion charles there always seems to be speculation surrounding him uh is there is are you concerned about keeping hold of him or are there other players you you're kind of concerned you need to really make sure you keep hold of that could be linked away or are you mostly just thinking about we need to get x y and z players in I'd be extremely shocked if any of our senior squad left this window. It would have to be a big money move for the, to attend them at this point. De, you, like, you bring up Dion Charles. He just recently, I think a few months ago, signed a new deal to take him up to 2027. So anybody who comes in for him will have to pay a premium. And frankly, if they watch the Leighton Orient game, I don't think they'd be willing to do that. Um, <laughs> but um, speaking of strikers, that's definitely a position that we're looking to build on. Um, we've recently been linked with a loan from with Niall Ennis, who we're all familiar with from last season. So that would be a great job because if I have to see Cameron Jerome come off the bench, I'm going to claw my eyes out. We mentioned the centre-back. Um, there are other positions that I like strengthening. Um, I wouldn't mind two better wing backs but i think that's probably going to be saved for a for a summer thing especially if we get promoted and our 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 pool of potential candidates increases bringing in someone a bit more championship ready in that position would would be good but outside of that outside of the center back striker and potentially a center mid but uh, i think that's just i think that's just me being greedy at this point yeah, I think I think a few Derby fans have said we'd like a centre mid, but I don't. I really don't think we need one. Again, it would be being greedy unless it was someone really good that came available on loan or, or something. For us, as I mentioned, striker, winger, and um, I was a bit concerned about left back because Craig Forsyth has been doing a great job and he's got injured. Um, Callum Elder's come in the last few games. He's been he's been injured most of the season. He was awful last week against Burton, but actually played pretty well against Lincoln. I thought and, and looked a much more solid player and a player that we thought we'd sign. So I think we're okay everywhere apart from top of the pitch and it sounds like we might be sorting something out there uh jake what about pompey then what do you, what do you need to ensure that you can you can keep up this this momentum and pace that you've been setting because as he said in august if you think you weren't expecting uh to be kind of top two real, real top two contenders and leading the way so how do you make sure you can stay there yeah, well, not expecting to be in the position that we are in, um, but also probably not expecting certain members of the squad to have played such a, a big part of this run that they have done. Um, you know, Jack Sparks was brought in from Exeter, a very young, raw player with not a whole heap of, you know, EFL 
um, pedigree under his belt. He's played a lot of games this season with Conor Ogilvy being out injured for an extended period of time. Denver Hume has not been favoured by John Massinho, um, even in trophy matches sometimes. And, and even with the, with the squad looking light at times, Denver Hume has not really been an option for John Massinho to select. So Jack Sparks has been playing a lot unexpectedly. Um, likewise with Abu Kamara on the wing from Norwich City. And we mentioned earlier in the show about Gavin White and Anthony Scully. Scully's had his, his injury woes and, and uh, Gavin White, we know, there's been certain circumstances which made it difficult for him to settle here as well. So, you know, no, no discredit to him, but he's he's not really hit the ground running like many expected him to do so. So, yeah, we are a squad currently running not thin when it comes to personnel because we've got plenty of players. However, um, those that are at, at the club right now are either injured, they're on the medics table, um, they're either not favoured by John Massinho or, quite frankly, in the matches, the brief cameos we've seen from them so far this season, um, they're probably not quite ready to lead a a promotion charge and um, you know to be selfish as a Pompey fan we've been in this division now seven years we don't want to make that an eighth consecutive season come August um, and you know can we rely on on somebody like Gavin White or Anthony Scully he's not had much game time this season to come in and, and make such an impact maybe not maybe we can maybe we'll see a different side of him come the, the second half of the season which we, we've now obviously started but yeah I think you know, Colby Bishop, we mentioned again earlier, one goal in 13 matches from open play. Um, his confidence looks a little bit shot right now. Um, we've signed Matt Macy back up to Will Norris, so the goalkeeping sort of department is, is arguably our strongest at the minute. Um, but yeah, I think, I think definitely um, a couple of centre-halves or one centre-half and a full-back. Joe Rafferty was missing at the weekend. We're told it's only a minor neck injury. Um, Conor Rogovy, yes, he's back, but he, he adopted a midfield role on Saturday. I think that goes to show that we are a little bit light and a little bit trying to figure out a plan B, a plan C to players getting injured, suspended. And God love him, Joe Morrell. He's a fantastic player and he seems to have eradicated some of his um, sort of disciplinary issues of late. He is prone to a yellow card, as we saw again on Saturday, uh, for stupid things. And he's also prone to a red card or two. So there's always the likelihood of between now and the end of the season, Joe Morrell getting sent off in a crucial game and missing a few crucial games as a result of that. So maybe even another sentiment coming in. Yeah, so... I mean, you, you, maybe you touched on it there with those, with those red, red cards or, or, or suspensions from Morel, but I was going to ask you next, guys, in terms of um, what, yeah, what's your team weaknesses or what could you see maybe which is realistic to happen to your team? Maybe it's a, a major injury to a player or, or losing someone key in January or a manager change. What, what could you see happening or a weakness which could be the reason you do miss out on automatic promotion? I'll start to give an example from Derby. For me, it's one of two things. It's losing one of our centre-backs. Curtis Nelson and Ian Cashin have both been absolutely immense for Derby this season. We started a bit... Wo- Nelson started a bit wobbly start of the season, but he's been probably my player of the season for Derby. And Cashin just gets better every game. Lots of interest in Cashin from Brighton for over six months now. They could still come in with a, with a, with a mega offer, which uh, would force our hand to sell, or Nelson could, could get a major injury. So th- those would be... The two ones, if we lost one of those two, we don't have great depth at centre-back. We've got Sonny Bradley, who we signed, and we were very excited about when we signed him in the summer, and we all assumed he'd be club captain. And he started the season off horrendously and has never got back in the team since. And whenever he has come back on, uh, it come back in, uh, he hasn't really convinced either. It feels to a lot of Derby fans that he is 
not up to it anymore, uh, which is a real shame. Um, which means we're light at centre back. So if we were to lose one of Nelson or Cashin, I think our promotion chase, a particularly automatic promotion chase, would be over in, in a flash. Um, Dan, I'll start with you from the Peterborough standpoint. What what is there that is there any any underlying weakness in this team in the squad or any particular thing that could go wrong, which would completely scupper things? Yeah, and you know it goes back to to what I've already said. You know that that we're struggling to to find the 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 cash really to, to sign players. I'm really, really worried about our depth, um, you know, outside of the first team, which is a very, very, very good first team for league one. We, we've got nothing. We've got no fullbacks. Um, we've got no center backs. We, you know, our backup center back is Romney Critchlow. God awful. I don't think he actually knows how to play football. Um, and if he does, then oh God, who trained him? It's terrible. Um, you know, and, and our other one is, um, is Fernandez. He, he's decent, but, Oh God, no! I wouldn't want him playing. Um, you know, our midfielders again, really, really good midfielders. But we've got Fuchs on the bench, who was very, very good for us in the championship and and last season towards the start. But he hasn't really played football since a, a nasty injury, um, and just doesn't seem to be getting into the squad. You know, don't know what's happened there. But you know, he's he's not in the plans. That's for damn sure. And our other one is is Ryan de Havilland. You know, he's great six and a, and a great eight. He's capable of playing both, but he's very inexperienced and he's not quite at this level yet. And then strikers and wingers, we've got nobody. You know, our, our go-to substitute is um, Danny Adjaboy and it's because he's the only player that we've got on the bench that can offer anything coming on. You know, he's got a bit of pace. He's got the occasional good cross in him, but that's it. You know, we've not got a striker, we've not got a left winger. And I'm, I'm really, really, really worried that it's going to cost us. And, you know, I think uh, James mentioned it earlier, you know, there's cup runs still in play. Yeah, we're out of the FA Cup, but, you know, we're still in the uh, the Tim Pot Trophy, as we like to call it, the Pot Noodle Cup. Um, you know, and, and if, if we go all the way, we've got a real risk of doing what uh, Bolton did last year, which is, you know, just having too many games to play in in the crucial part of the season and and you know just slowly unraveling interesting so james as we said you're you are the super confident one of all of us i think so can you find any possible reason why bolton might not make the top two well just having too many brain fight matches like we had against Leighton orient is is the worry i'm really not fond of our wing back options at the moment like like i said earlier it feels like it's going to be more of a summer job um, the players that we've got now are probably going to see out the season, but I'm not. I'm not fans of the wing. Our starting wing backs on either side. Josh Dacres Cogley, bless him. He'll he'll run all day, and he he seems to be a very fit lad. But his his end product is atrocious. And for a lad that clearly has a decent amount of pace, he 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 really doesn't seem to want to use it very much. Same thing with Randall Williams on the other side. He clearly has some skill and pace about him, but he just rarely seems to want to take on any players. And you know, you know, when you're pretty much the lone wide option on those sides, it, if if you're not up to it, it, it really blunts you. Um, so yeah, I'd like better op- see better options in there, or at the very least, see both of them turn it up a notch for this last running towards the end of the season. But based on their performances recently i don't see it happening and their backup options ashworth has barely been seen and he was also rubbish against Leighton orient definitely our weakest area there um but it's probably what we're gonna have to deal with until that so and, and obviously the aforementioned um 
run of games if especially if it continue if we continue in the uh in the trophy that Ian Everett clearly wants to retain be the first side to ever retain that trophy so yeah we could, so yeah just the possibility of general fatigue setting in from just having to play so many Saturday Tuesdays in a row the main reason I put this question in was just to make myself feel better, right? Because we, as Derby fans, are all quite negative sometimes. And as I'm sure you guys all are to some degree. Um, and there's lots of things wrong we can see of our squad. But I know that other teams look at the form table and see that we've lost one in 11 or lost one in 12, whatever it is now, one ten of those or nine of those. And um, and obviously it looks like we're flying. But, you know, I think we all, I think we all look at our own teams and we can see you know, that it's quite easy for things to go south. You know, I think all of us are probably capable of going on another another 10-game winning run and all of us are capable of winning one in five as well. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. But we've got to end with some predictions, guys, um, as, as, as obviously we should do. So, Jake, um, if you had to say now who would be... Who do you think would get top two? It doesn't have to be one of us four. I think someone earlier mentioned that Barnsley could could maybe be could snip in. But who would be top two, and who would be your who would be your playoff winner? Um, look, do you know what? As a Pompey fan, as I mentioned earlier, seven season, seasons in Mister Vision, my sort of head is probably leaning towards us not making the top two. I think the top six is pretty dead certain for all four of us, if we're being completely honest. I don't see personally Barnsley creeping up. I can, I can understand they're in a bit of form at the moment and they're always a, a threat to be concerned, obviously, you know, in League One whenever they're in it. But I do think the top four is going to be between Pompey, Peterborough, Derby and Bolton. Um, having said that, um, I've been, as a Pompey fan, in the position over the course of the many last few seasons where we've been that side with the games in hand. We've been chasing the top two. We've been chasing the top four, the top six, whatever. And thought, okay, you know, we're we're three points behind. We're four points behind. We've got a game in hand. We've got a couple of games in hand. It never works out well. <laughs> we, we've always wanted, as fans, we've always said it on, on our show and, and the general consensus on social media seems to be that you'd rather just have the points on the board rather than have the games in hand. You've done your bit. Let the other teams worry about what they've got to do. Um, it was quite a relief earlier to hear... Uh, James mentioned about Bolton and having their three games in hand all the way from home. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, I think at the moment, with all of that in mind, yeah, I think we'll do it. I think we'll get top two. I think we'll finish second. I do believe Bolton will be the strongest side. They will win the title. So I think it'll be a Bolton and Pompey top two. Um, Playoff winners, yeah. uh, Barnsley, they're... (laughs) I know I said they're not going to get top four, but the playoffs is just a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Um, Jake, in in August, you said Derby and Bolton, didn't you? uh, I did. Because you were writing writing Pompey off at the time, weren't you, pretty much? Not writing them off, but you didn't see this No, exactly. Not not writing them off because, you know, it's it's harsh to do that, but just mentally, (laughs) just to to be Mm. in this league for so Mm. long. And and we, we know how the story ends. We know that we always capitulate over the Christmas New Year period. Lo and behold, it's happened again a little bit. Probably not to the extent it has happened in previous campaigns, but yeah, it it was Bolton and Derby. I think at the moment it's going to be a Bolton and Pompey top two. I think the playoff final will be Derby and, and Barnsley, but Barnsley are just that annoying side, aren't they? They they go up, they go down, they go up, they go down. Even some years when they don't look the strongest, they just do it. So yeah, I, I think that I think they'll do that again. Uh, Dan, top two and playoff winner. Who's it going to be? Well, as we mentioned earlier, you know Darren's got a, a knack of getting us promoted three times already. I think he can do it again, based on on what we've seen so far this season. You know, no one thought we could do it, especially not me, uh, at the start of the season. But you know, we we just look 
really, really, really good. And I, I think, you know, he's, he's never won the title. Obviously, he's had he's had those promotions, but we've never got the title. I think that's his, his main concern now. You know, we don't want to go in the playoffs. We, we had that last year. It didn't end well for us. We were the laughing stocks of England for six months and, you know, probably still are in some circles. So, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to dip any further than, than where we are now. I'd like to see us go for the title, and I think that's where we'll land. Second place for me, I, I do think it's Bolton. They just look too strong. You know that they're, they're playing well when they need to. Yeah, they're not scoring a great deal, but they're not conceding a great deal either. And you know, if you can nick games like they have done already this season, you know it's it's all you need to do in the end. You don't need to win pretty. You just need to win. Uh, and then playoffs for me, I, I think it will be Barnsley and Derby in the final. And I do think Derby will go up. Okay. So, James, I'll give mine last. James, what do you think? Who's top two? I know you're going to say Bolton's top two. Who's, who's top two and who's uh, who's playoff winner? <laughs> well, well if, if I didn't maintain my confidence from August, despite some of the stuff that happened, I'd, I'd, <laughs> feel, I'd feel like... Something would have gone seriously wrong if you were saying they're not yeah. top two. <laughs> yeah. I, I, do, I do think we'll overcome everything in the end because we've been quite fortunate with injuries and... Um, and we we t- we've had a tendency this season after we've lost to to go on winning runs. So, I, I, so I don't think that'll I, I don't think that'll stop at this point. So yeah, I, I back us to eventually go on to the title. Though it, it'll probably end t- tighter that I like. And God forbid um, it gets decided in the final day, Peterborough away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I'll back us to finish top. And you know what? Actually, that Peterborough. Bolton title side of sounds fun. Let's put Peterborough second. Um, I, I can't, and I would not have been caught saying that at the start of the season. I, I was firmly behind Bolton and Derby battling up for the top, but I don't know. Derby's depth, similar with Portsmouth's, I don't. I feel like it's going to end up costing them in the end. But I will back both Pompey and Derby to be the playoff finalists, with Derby taking it. Okay, so no, none of, no one's had Derby in the top two, but everyone has had their own team in the top two, which is interesting. I'm going to break the mould, and I'm, I, unless everything comes off in January that we hope it does, I, I think Derby are just missing something, and and actually, importantly, I think Paul Warren is is missing something, and in, in getting this team promoted, I think this team Derby team has got the the right qualities in the squad I just don't think it's being used to its full potential um, and I think we're going to miss out on top two and I think I'd go with Bolton winning the league with Peter for second um, I do fancy Derby possibly to do it in the playoffs but, but uh, yeah I hate the playoffs we've not got a great record in the playoffs previously in the championship not that anyone really does um, I think we'll do it in the playoffs I think I'll just sit my neck out and say that I think probably it'll be Derby versus Pompey or Barnsley in the playoff final. I'm I'm enjoying Uh, uh, Richard as a Pompey fan to hear that (laughs) nobody is expecting us to go up. So I'm loving it (laughs) and I look forward to hopefully catching up at the end of the season and and hopefully um, have have a bit of a smile on my face about that. But um, just to confirm as well, Richard, we've never won a playoff game. We've never led at half time in a playoff game. I think we've had six campaigns. So really? I think yeah, I think if if we don't make the top two, it'd be pretty bold of you to assume we're gonna to get to the final. <laughs> okay. So you yeah, you, you always get promoted automatically and obviously. Yeah, we've so, got a playoff uh, curse. If we don't go up top two, then it's league one again yeah, next I'd week. also like to thank everyone for putting us in their top two. So uh, I guess I'll see you all in the playoff semi finals. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I will say maybe, possibly, it's unlikely that all four of us will be on this call again in August in the League One roundtable. Um, maybe three of us might be in the Championship uh, roundtable uh, next season. Let's hope for that. That's the least we can do. But uh, Jake, thank you again for coming back on to Steve Boomer's watching. No problem at all. And if all four of us are back next season, then I'm concerned about who's going up. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. And James, take care. All the best. Uh, cheers. Thanks for having me on again, Richard. Hopefully see you next season. <laughs> yeah. And Dan, uh, take care. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, Richard. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Derby fans. See you soon.